Hi, I'm Jim Antonopoulos. Hi, I'm Damien Carolla. This is Fearless Conversations. Testing one, two. She had a great... Uh, Who's that? Who's that? Uh, Brené Brown. Yeah. Uh, she had a, a just a fantastic lens that she put on this conversation. And it's... Um, what does she call it? Obviously, it wasn't that impactful if I forgot it. <laughs> you texted um, it to me. Yeah, the, the perspiration yeah. from fear. So it's not just the uh, the critic, but it's that... Um, you know, they say, you know, 1% inspiration, 99% perspiration. What she says is the 99 pers- 99% perspiration is the battle through our fear. It's like it's fairly constant. So don't just think that hard work is hard work. Hard work is actually 24-7 trying to push through something. That's whether you're working or not, like it's, you're in your head trying to push through it. Like it's a really fascinating lens. So is that like like the long game the idea of the long game like not being not focused on the individual moment but push it thinking of the push over the long haul I think I think that I think the lens she was saying was um, you know she was trying to use that saying uh, everything you know, 99% perspiration 1% inspiration but mm. she's saying that uh, your 99% perspiration isn't just sitting in the office your 99% perspiration is dealing with your fear for like five oh, or six days a week yeah, yeah. and the sweat that that creates. Yeah. She goes, and just don't forget about that. And we all pretend that that doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. it was a really fascinating lens. That's hard work. Like she said, that's sweat. Don't worry about working at your computer. Mm. D- the work is driving home, thinking on the tram 24 seven, how am yeah. I gonna, that's the 99% perspiration that she talks about. Wow. Does that make sense? Yeah. And does. no one admits it. Yeah, and actually, no one admits it, but also uh, no one actually talks about it, does yeah. it? Do well, so, yeah, no one We talk about the work, the execution, yeah. the, the outcomes, yeah. the, the client work, and no one actually thinks about the sort of silent suffering. Well, that's what she's, that's what yeah. she's talking about, which is, a, anyway, it was a really cool lens. Awesome. Yeah, cool, man. What are we talking about today? We're talking about the cheap seats, Jim. We've already started, I think. Have we? <laughs> there you go. Wow. Cool. And... Um, I think you inspired this topic a little while back. How so? I think you mentioned the cheap seats. You um, you quoted the you you took us through the Roosevelt quote. Yeah. The person in the, in the arena. Um, yeah, it was that, and also just our friend Brene um, did an amazing documentary on Netflix, uh, which was I found quite ex- inspiring. And I remember sitting in bed one night, as you do, staring at a screen, <laughs> um, watching it. And I st- had to stop because she, I felt like someone was speaking, it, it was speaking to me. And I'll quote um, what it said. It said, she said, sorry, if you are not in the arena getting your ass kicked on occasion because you were being brave, I'm not interested in or open to your feedback about my work. There are millions of cheap seats in the world today filled with people who will never st- once step foot in that arena they will never once put themselves out there but they will make it a full-time job to hurl criticism and judgment and really hateful things towards us so tell me jim what what pulled what pulled the heartstrings for you oh it just really connected with me because um it took me to thinking about that uh that silent suffering that we just spoke about it uh took me to thinking about the fact that yes there's a lot of um sort of quiet suffering that we go through that influences the way we work the way we lead the way we do what we do um 
and that is almost there's some equity in that and um, there's also some very personal uh, it's, it's very personal equity in that and value that's the word I'm looking for some very per- high personal value in that and to honor that I think we have to let that judgment and criticism from people who don't go through that who aren't experiencing those that quiet suffering that yeah, we're, right. we're experiencing we have to let those things drop to the floor and walk all over them yeah so so tell me um can you think of a, a, a moment where that silent suffering before a big creative endeavor a new initiative or something that you're really trying to push through your oh. business has come up i think like you mentioned earlier i th- i believe it's co- it, it's constant right yes. it's um it that feeling is there in between meetings. Okay. It's um, you know when you just sit at your desk and you're you, you're ready to kind of go for an hour and just be you know work on something and the phone rings. Right. You know. Yes. Um, when you're that that constant sense of interruption, that constant sense of um, chasing something. Okay. There, it's I think it's always there. It's pretty constant. Always there. And so um, when do you think that might exacerbate? I mean, it's, it, she had a uh, – Brene Brown also um, had a, a fascinating quote. She said, when you really care about something, you really, you're vested in something, um, the pressure starts to come on, the expectations and that silent suffering, that tension, the perspiration that you go through because you actually really give a shit about a new initiative, a, a new – business idea or some new program um, and I guess I, I find that that's when it starts to exacerbate for me when I really care I'm really vested yeah. and also it I agree with you but also that when it manifests itself is might be a sign of you caring yeah. and seeing it that's a I think that's a positive way of seeing it observing that behavior or observing that reaction in ourselves when we you know sitting and feeling anxious about something um, and quietly suffering, it's a signal that we this what we're doing is is meaningful to us. We just have to see the positive, I guess. Yeah, right. And and, and maybe um, what I'm reminded of is when you're in that state, mm. that tense state, that creative state, um, it's just to maybe let go of the facade mm. and just say, you know what, it's, it's a bit of a struggle right now. Mm. Uh, it's a struggle because I really care. And the struggle isn't bad. The struggle sort of. Uh, really forcing me and pushing me hard to go to a new level in my business, my creative world. So I might be writing a program, might be putting a, a fantastic blog series through. Um, and, and I think um, what what Brené Brown uh, discusses, uh, which we've touched upon a few times, is how do we manage not just the external critic? Because the external critic is the external critic. That's not really the, the, the drama. The drama is our internal critic. Can you tell me about that? Tell me about how you handle inner criticism. How do you do that? Is that imposter syndrome or is that something else? Yeah, it, it is a bit of imposter syndrome and it's sort of um, it's this inferior ego that does come up for all of us from time to time, whether we want to admit it or not, is... It's the sense of, of can I do this? Am I good enough? Is my work worthy of uh, sending out, uh, you know, my latest blog series to the world? Will mm. people judge me for my lack of structure, content, clarity, mm. perfection, hitting the mark, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. And it's the external critics that we often see in social media um, that um, people talk about quite often. It's the people that want to throw cheap grenades. 
when yeah. they're sitting on the other side. That's not the problem. Well, it's not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is how that triggers our inter- inner critic. Mm. That's the that's the drama. I mean, people are you got no control over what people do or say. It's mm. impossible to think that you can actually... You might be able to influence commentary from time to time, but to think that you've got any real level of influence is, is crazy. Mm. But what we've got some level of awareness of is how that triggers that in, inner critic, the internal angst, the harsh judge saying, mate, you've completely screwed up this latest project, this latest program, this latest client initiative this latest you know podcast this latest blog Hmm. um and and it's those internal judgments that we've got to start understanding maybe how to become firstly aware of and then what some of those techniques might be to um to open them up a little bit what's um What's a superior ego and what's an inferior ego? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. No, thank, I, look, thanks for that. It's uh, good to define that. So it's, it's, they're just really two parts of our ego. So um, we'll start with superior ego. Superior ego is kind of like that. Think of um, the dude out of, um, uh, you know, um, uh, American Psycho, uh, <laughs> oh, right, the investment okay. banker fellow. What yeah. was his name? Oh, uh, Christian Bale? That's right. Yeah, yeah he, was yeah, he, he was the actor. Yeah, he was the actor. He's got the cufflings. He's got the pinstripe suit. He's the sports jock. Yeah. He knows more than anyone. So he's going to come in with this heightened sense of expectation and entitlement. I know better than you. Um, you know, I'm far more proficient than what you are and I'm up on a pedestal. Yeah, but okay. that's uh, as we found out with Christian Bale. That was always driven by fear. Yeah, and the other side of that is inferior ego, which is I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. Okay, I can't do this, and I'm no good. They're both uh, two coins of ego, but they're both driven by fear. Gotcha. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. and we all, peop- as as human beings, will go through those states from time to time, and they're generally. Um, patterns that we've picked up from other people throughout mm. the ages they get handed down from generation to generation mm. it depends what you, you know your childhood has been like or those people that have been in your circle and i was going to say your social circle influences absolutely. it big time yeah. absolutely yeah yeah so that's, yeah and that and and the work is to become aware of when those states come up within us that aren't they're not a big deal they're fairly natural states it's just whether or not we want to uh buy into these states and then run down these rabbit holes yeah which is the internal critic the yep. judge oh you um, imagine you meet a lot of um superior egos and inferior egos in the boardroom oh big time not just um on social media yeah. but i imagine there's a lot of there are a lot of um children in suits sitting in a boardroom in a very important role that yeah, flat or sort of throw their ego around that and become part of your social circle because you know you work in that environment you know yes um, which can't be helpful no you can and and i guess so long as you're aware of that the way that i've found can work in the past to deal with these types of characters and personalities is just to find a bit of compassion mm. and and sort of understand that really behind that big alpha um you know, presence is probably a, a scared little person, mm. a scared little girl or a scared little boy mm. that's masking this, insec- in, this insecurity. So they've got to uh, lash out, try and control, manipulate, bully, 
um, and things of that nature. So, you, so finding that compassion for them and realizing that, well, look, they're, they're probably not aware of that behavior or they might be aware of that behavior big deep down inside, but it's not something you need to bind or engage with. Yeah, you mentioned feedback is a great tool um, that really matters um, in that arena and to sort of uh, not combat but counteract those sorts of egos. How do you give a superior ego, someone with a superior ego, um, feedback? How do you do that? Well, you, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a good question. I'm not saying it's easy, mm. but it's certainly a practice. When someone's behaving inappropriately, uh, you've got two choices. The first thing you can do is judge them. Mm. Yeah, so then you know what it becomes? Your ego versus their ego. So you're playing at their level. That actually doesn't work. So you've got to check your state um, normally create some space, normally check your intention. So if my intention is with someone that's behaving a little bit in, inappropriately to help them become a bit more aware of their behaviour and its effect, I might pull them aside, I might have a, a quiet conversation, I might even start up with, hey mate, how are you going? What's going on for you? Mm. You seem really tense at the moment. So I'm trying to disarm them at one level, uh, but if I just come back at them at that level of egoic, um, intent, then it's my ego versus their ego. Yeah. So the more aggressive they are with me, the more grounded I have to be because they're going to trigger my f- fight flight response. Yeah, because it's only human. It, yeah, we're just yeah. humans. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. If someone yeah. gets in my face and my space, I mean, our natural mm. reaction is, you know, just get out of here. Um, uh, yeah. You go on the attack. Yeah. And given the topic tonight, today, um, of, you know, being in the cheap seats and throwing free advice and your opinions. Do you get that a lot in the work that you do? Do you get people telling you, you know, you should do it this way, um, I could do it better, or here's some, yeah, feed, here's some free advice, you know? Yeah, you do an occasion. Yeah, yeah you do an occasion. I, I, I can't say I, I get it all the time, but you certainly do get that advice. And, um, and you know, don't, don't get me wrong, in the first, first, my first reaction is, well, you know, how about you jump on the uh, get behind the wheel and have a crack mm. um, but you, look sometimes they mean well sometimes I mean there, is, there might be some good innovative ideas that they can offer you but I think most mostly I, I don't know Jim I mean the older you get the more discerning you want to be with the advice that you get from people yeah I mean, what do you, I mean, what do you think? I mean, how, how have you been on the receiving end of such advice because you do some really cool public things um, through your content and uh, yeah I get a lot of advice from yeah. a lot of different people and how, um, how do you how do you deal with it um, you know, I filter it. Um, I get a lot of advice. Um, there's always that passive-aggressive advice of, um, you know, I could I could do it better, or if I if I was doing it, I'd do it this way. Um, I've learnt to. That's kind of water off a duck's back for me. Right. Um, it kind of just rolls off um, because you know I think most small business owners who have been doing it for a while um, build a level of resilience yes. um, that that kind of stuff just bounces off you. Um, I'm always listening. I'm always um, um, taking it in. But at the end of the day, I know that it's my decision um, and I'll run things and I'll make calls that are good for me. Um, So I've learnt to do that. Um, But then other times, you know, yeah, you kind of, at weaker moments, you second guess yourself and all of those things that once bounced off might come bouncing back um, and they hit pretty hard, you know, and it's it's difficult. So we are human. You are human, of course. You know, you can talk about, you know, water off a duck's back where you like, but, you know, those things um, that, like I said, if that once they bounce off in those weaker moments, they come running back pretty hard. And there's a different lesson to be learnt 
to deal with that stuff, I think, and how to deal with, um, yeah, recurring uh, feedback that you may have received 10 years ago. Yes. Um, when you hear that voice coming back at you. you know? Yeah, Jim, look, it's um, uh, the point of being human and the point of you and I do a lot of work around this stuff and we have our moments when we're a bit unguarded, a little bit tired, um, had, had a long week or something of that nature, you drop your guard and those comments can kind of penetrate and get in under your skin. And, you know, that's actually going to happen, isn't it, really, every now and then. But I think the beauty in those moments, what I've been trying to practice lately when things like that happen, when I'm taking things a bit more personally than what I normally would, you know what that's usually a sign of? It's usually a sign of I've got some work to do. Mm. There's some stuff within me that I probably need to process out. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I had lunch with um, a couple of friends who I've known for a long time. They said exactly the same thing, you know. Um, we were talking a very, very similar yeah, topic. Right. Um, taking the time to do the work on yourself um, during those moments. Yeah, um, can you remember an example of that recently for you? Can you remember you know, a time where you've had to process something out? Oh, yeah, this yeah. year. <laughs> this year's been a roller coaster for yeah, me. Right. So I think you just go back to all the episodes of this podcast. Sure. <laughs> yeah, okay. Plenty uh, of examples. Plenty of examples. Um, but in small business ownership, there's always something, you know, yeah. that um, will turn its ugly head. And you have to learn to manage those um, downward slopes really well because yes. there are going to be critics everywhere yeah. um, and the, the, you might win a new gig and that person might be might be one of those critics in a few weeks time so you have to be ready for that and prepared yeah okay um, you know one thing that is really good for people that are listening to this podcast who are in the creative um, space which probably most of us are in, in one way shape or form is this concept of how we uh, manage that internal critic the external critic and how we don't let it get in the way of our creative work mm. because it becomes pretty hard to to spark some ideas to, to write a beautiful blog a, a great piece of music whatever it is that we're doing if we're constantly judging ourselves via that inter, inner critic or uh, external critic so I mean um, what I guess what you're really good at Jim is with your blog writing and your content you're really good at momentum and rinse and repeat Mm. You're someone that just no matter what um, reminds people just keep going, just keep mm. writing, just keep turning up. It's not going to be you're not going to be knocking it out of the ballpark every single week, but no. if you keep turning up and going through that process, you, you, you're going to get better naturally, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I feel very comfortable um, just turning up now, and I, I write every Tuesday and <coughs> every Monday. Excuse me. But I feel very comfortable. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that not everything's great, that I, um, and it's not everything's going to resonate with everyone. But something resonates with someone, and that that's what matters. And um, I look, I don't look at things like open rates and click rates. I just look at people replying and saying thank you. So um, we had a we had a great podcast about solitude and. The nature of solitude is how, I mean, the magic happens when you can create that beautiful container devoid of the inner critic or devoid of the external critic where you just mm. cut loose. It's mm. very liberating. Mm. So um, cultivating those practices, I think, becomes really important. Mm. I think it's really, really important to get your head around 
the social media feedback that some people get drawn into, the mm. external critic, and just understanding why that triggers your inner critic and maybe the work that you need to do because aren't we all here to cut loose and do our mm. thing mm. without worrying about what everyone's thinking of what we do? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah I awesome. agree. So how do you how do you be selective about who you take advice from? That's like you're curating a list of mentors, you're curating a list of advisors. How do you um, – I have an idea, but <laughs> I'm interested in your thoughts, sure. right? Um, my idea is relatively kind of brutal. <laughs> it's black yeah, and white. Yeah, cool. Do you want to start? To tell it's me black and idea. white. Yeah, it's yes what, or no. I make a decision really clearly. Okay. Um, so just back to my question. My question is how do you curate a, um, a, a, a group of advisors whom, whose advice you trust yep. and also you trust them because they've gone through that silent suffering that we spoke yep. about earlier. Um, so you know that you don't have to take their advice all the time, but you just know it's coming from a good place. It's coming from the heart. Yeah. You, you know, Jim, you've, you've nailed it. Um, you'll become really attuned to people's intention through your intuition. You'll actually feel where that advice is coming from. You've got two, let's say you've got two people in your world and they're almost delivering you identical advice from a factual perspective, but it's actually not what they're saying, it's who they're being. Now, when you've got a, I've had some magnificent mentors that can pretty much say anything to me and verbatim, I will take every single word that they tell me on board, not as a harsh criticism, but as an opportunity to do some amazing work because I know their intention is is love, compassion, mm. they want you to step up. Mm. And you've got someone else that throws criticism and it's completely egoic based. Mm. They're trying to take you down, they're trying to mock you or ridicule you and yet there's just no value yeah. in it. Or you don't know where it's coming from. Or, or, or yeah. you don't know where it's yeah. coming from and I, even that is not good enough because yeah. you, you kind of don't, you get to choose, don't you, yeah. what you take on board. Yeah, I've noticed people who you know, make statements, uh, give advice, yeah. um, you know, state something as fact, and you think, and I think to myself, you know, I just don't know whether where that's coming from. I have no idea whether it's a good place or a bad place, and um, I usually let that. I'm more often than not let that stuff go. Yeah, it's a, yeah. and it's a good practice mm. because um, people aren't going to stop giving you their three two bobs about what you should or shouldn't do or how you could do something better yeah. when they've actually never had a go. Um, or even just stepped into the arena to do that. Mm. And I think, I mean, Brené Brown reminds us really well, which is she's just, um, she's black and white. She says, unless you're there, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to listen to yeah. you. And that's my filter. Yeah. Um, if you haven't done it, then, I'm, you know, I'm not listening. Yes. Um, if you haven't sat in this seat, held onto the um, steering wheel in the way that I have, um, yeah, it's, I find it really hard for it to listen, to listen and take it in. Um, it goes through a filter. Um, because you know, it, there are lots of people out there, like that quote we read earlier, lots of people out there who just have an opinion and they'll just say, oh, this is the way I would do it. Yeah. yeah well, you know. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> yeah, and it's, a, it's a great opportunity for people to build resilience and, mm. and thick skin around that. And you've mm. actually got to take a position on that, I find, if you really want to 
do something cool because mm. you will get judged, you will get criticised, people yeah. will try to take your ideas down and often they might not be aware of it but it's provoking something within them that they can't feel comfortable with so they're going to uh, come out on the on the, on the offence or the yeah. attack. Yeah, so you're, true. You're exposing their deficiencies. Uh, they might not be – and it's, it's not that they're bad people. I mean you can have compassion for people like that. It's just you, you get to choose whether you buy into it or not. Yeah, so true. Um, I did this exercise many years ago of um, writing down all my <laughs> – sounds really crazy but um, writing down all my um, social groups groups um, in clusters, right, like a mind map, right? So I have a small group of friends here that aren't necessarily related to or connected to a small group of friends over here, um, and so and so, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I saw a whole bunch of different clusters that weren't related, you know, worlds that never collided. Yeah, right. Um, and I also saw a lot of gaps in okay. the fact that um, I didn't know who within those clusters were the my inner circle yeah right. right and i think that's what we're talking about um creating an inner circle whose feedback and men and mentorship and guidance is coming from the heart and it's coming from a good place um, and when i did this exercise it was quite a while ago um i saw that missing i saw that inner circle missing i it was I felt really great that I had all these social yes. clusters yes. of people in my life, which I'm, I was quite grateful for, but I was missing this one piece in the middle that I could call my inner circle. And I didn't want a lot of people in that, no. you know. Um, a handful is a lot of people in that circle. But um, that exercise allowed me to pick, curate my list of people who I could have, you know, a fearless conversation with. I could sit there and had completely drop my guard and say, I've just experienced this and I need you to listen. Right. You know? Um, There's not many people you could do that with. No, Jim. You know? Yeah. But that exercise was really powerful for me. Yeah, well, so you sort of, um, it's like taking stock and, and being really clear on what you want to create and who you want to have in your circle. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be a lot. Yeah, and people will come and go. You know, people find their own way out sometimes yeah. since you don't have to be in my social, my inner social yeah. circle. Yeah, sure. And that's not a forced thing. And you don't get a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a medallion? A, a medallion or a card. No, no, no. You don't get any of that. Uh, <laughs> um, but there, and you don't even have to know. Yeah. But um, it's just nice to have this list of people whom you can draw from and they can draw from you. Um, feedback and advice and guidance guidance is a word um, that i really like um, as opposed to feedback and advice um, guidance that can help you along the way yeah right. and that, that way could be in business yep. um, through a project um, through a year you know i think that's really important i think it's i think it's vitally important and i'm not sure everybody gets that mm. or that concept or really probably cares that much about it until they're up against the wall or, or they sort of reflect on their life and think, well, what have I created? I've been chasing all these material acquisitions and accomplishments, but I've kind of left behind something which is so important for wellness and, mm. and, and happiness and prosperity, which is who's around me and, and who's in my corner because it's a reciprocal arrangement, isn't it? Because yeah. if they're in my corner, I'm in their corner. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah. It's give and take. You know, it's... Um the people that find their way out are the people who will take yes and not give yes and i found myself distancing myself from those people you know yeah. and you know so i'm still friends with some 
you know, um, they're you're just not, not, you're not judging them. No, I'm not judging. People. They're, they're just, just not the, they they're just not in that little cluster yeah. of in that where I can confide in, you know, regularly. And I think that's really important for us to have as people, as leaders, as people who um, are going through, you know, that silent yes. suffering. Um, it's really important for us to have that and no judgment, no fear, just have that small group of people whom we can say, I just need your ear and you've got mine. Yes. And that's really powerful. And so um, that takes a fair bit of self-honesty and self-awareness to have a look at your circle and say, well, you know, let, let, can I be brutally honest with myself and ask myself, um, what are the qualities, you know, what's the quality of these relationships with the people that I have around me? And it's actually okay to let people go without oh. creating a big drama or, yeah. or making them wrong or, or judging them or saying you're a bad person. It's just no. kind of your own honesty and self-intuition. And you can do it compassionately without creating a, a, a minefield, you know, a, a minefield uh, around it. Of course. Absolutely. I yeah. completely agree. Yeah. Awesome, mate. And so, what's what's on for you for the uh, um, for the rest? What's on? Uh, well, it's f- it's a Friday that we're recording this, so I'm looking forward to the weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to spending some time with my children. You know, weekends are that time where I just you know I can just focus on the kids, and right. um, I'll probably hit next week. Uh, next week, so I got a trip to Brisbane uh, with a client, and which I mean it's been nice warm weather. Yeah, uh, but other than that, we're trying to keep busy. It's the tail end of the year, so you know I'm thinking. Uh, around this time of the year, I th- I we, we are putting plans in for next year. So I'm sketching out um, plans and budgets and rhythms right. for next year. And um, we're probably a few episodes away, but I'll be you know, I'll be making some um, changes, fundamental changes in in work and life, which we can okay. talk about in coming episodes. Um, but purposeful ones, which okay. I'm really looking forward to. So oh, yeah, what about you? Um, yeah, just a bit of downtime on Sunday. We're trying to get out of the city. Uh, for a little bit last week, we had a beautiful picnic down at Warrandyte on the Yarra mm. Valley. You know, sort of kicking the ball and playing with a dog and just yeah, sleeping. Nice. Um, you know, sleeping under a, a you know sleeping on a blanket, uh, yeah. looking up at the trees. I think a little bit of nature time this week. Oh, so. how nice! Yeah. Well, take care. Thanks, Jim. See you in the next one. See you in the next one. Bye. Cheers. <laughs> Fearless is produced by Jim Antonopoulos and Damien Carolla. Your questions. Your insights and your ideas will help us feed future episodes. Get in touch through all the usual channels.